0: Welcome to High Cheese with Darren Maloney. Today is Friday, August 26, 2022. And this week's decision by Joe Biden to forgive $10,000 in student loans to many Americans is just proving that our president, or so-called president, is nothing more than some local yokel political hack. Now, a lot of you that have been listening know that I spent uh, a good portion of my career in Hudson County. New Jersey, which is pound for pound the most corrupt county in the United States. And as I mentioned, there are some good politicians there, some good people that work there, but the overwhelming majority of elected officials and bureaucrats in Hudson County are corrupt. Now, one of the things they like to do come around the holiday season is hand out turkeys All the civic organizations of all these politicians in Hudson County love around Thanksgiving, Christmas time, to hand out frozen turkeys. And they spend a lot of money, tens of thousands of dollars on these turkeys that they just hand out. Now, there's two things that they want to do. One is that they want to identify their voter and keep their existing voters and the other two and the other thing they want to do is they're grooming these individuals to rely on government. And what we see here with this debt forgiveness by Biden is just a $10,000 turkey that they're handing out to some of the American people. And it's a cynical decision I'm sure this is what happened. Some some person came running into the White House saying, oh my God, we have to shore up the younger vote, the student vote. We have to give them something. And this is what they're giving them. A turkey. Here's your $10,000 turkey. Now vote for me. How cynical is that? And I'll get into this later. I don't think it's going to work. I don't think uh, it, it will pass... Uh, an illegal muster. But how cynical is this? And how desperate is Biden to do this? And and it's funny, on so many levels, on so many levels, this is wrong. And let me just tell you a quick story about, I spent some time as a CFO in one of the towns in Hudson County. And it was during, uh, it was around November. And it was right before Thanksgiving. And in the parking lot of the town hall where I was working, the mayor's civic organization was handing out turkeys. And there were people lined up and uh, waiting for their turkey. And his his minions were handing out the turkeys from the back of a truck uh, in the town hall parking lot. Meanwhile, at the same time, people were paying their taxes. And And I've always remembered this. This always stuck with me after all these years. Is I was looking at the people online to get their free turkey And some of them looked quite well because you would think, you know, these were down and out people that needed help. But these people that were online to get these turkeys were well-dressed, actually better dressed than I was. Gold rings, gold chains, expensive shoes, driving up in very nice cars, getting their turkeys. But it was the same time that people were paying their taxes. And back then, people liked to pay their taxes in person, particularly in, in Hudson County at that time. And lines would form up in City Hall of the people that were paying their taxes. And here's the one thing that I noticed, that those people that were paying their taxes, they weren't the best dressed in that area that day. These are people coming in sneakers, jeans, t-shirts. And it was clearly distinct that. Difference between the people that were paying their taxes and the people that were receiving free stuff. People that were, uh, you know, th- th- this should not happen. You shouldn't have people struggling to pay their taxes. Regular people, jeans, t shirts, sneakers, lined up to pay their taxes. Some old people, you knew that they were struggling just to pay their taxes. Meanwhile, in the parking lot below, you have people driving up in Mercedes Benzes. To get free stuff, free turkeys, and this is what this ten thousand dollar student loan forgiveness is. And again, it's not even forgiveness; it's just we're having other people pay for it. Same thing that those turkeys are—they're not free; other people are paying for it. This is something wrong with that. To have people struggling to pay their taxes, and in the same vicinity, you got people driving up in Mercedes Benz's to pick up free turkeys. That's Biden's America. That's something we should fight. And I'm, I'm just looking at some. If you're a single person, you make under $125,000, you can have $10,000 waived, possibly $20,000 waived. Now I did a quick, quick calculation on this. Uh, you know, $10,000 loan, say 6% could be a little more, could be a little less, but let's use 6% interest for argument's sake and say it's a 10-year loan. That comes out to about $110 per month. You're telling me if you make $125,000 per year, you can't afford $110 per month? There's something wrong with you. And again, I'll get into this later about this is indicative of the failure of the college system. And if you make $250,000 and you're a couple and you file jointly, you can get that waived. So if you're a couple making $250,000, you can't afford $110. Now, there's some people say, "Ah, if I live in New York City, I I can't make it, I I need more than $125,000 to live. Well, don't live in New York City, move out, commute. And it's just setting a terrible precedence. You know, one of the expectations, and this is what the Republicans believe in, or conservative people believe in, a good citizen will pay their debt. And this decision here to give away these turkeys by Joe Biden is fostering bad behavior. Now, if we're going to be a society, a good society, a society that believes in capitalism, the expectation should be that you will pay your debts. Now, look, I'm, I'm sure there's some people that have a hard time, you know, paying their student loan, but that's they have deferrals for that. Defer it. All these hardworking people that paid their debt, that went to school and paid their student loans off, how are they to feel? How about the poor truck driver? Nah, he's not poor, but... How about the truck driver that chose not to go to college? He's paying off the student loan for somebody that went to college. Is that fair? Now, I went to grad school. I went to Columbia University in New York City. And I pay for my grad school by working in the bars in New York City four days a week, sometimes five days a week. I get home at four or five o'clock in the morning, sleep for an hour. And they go to eight o'clock class. I did it. I paid my loans off. Although it wasn't a big loan, I was able to pay for it. And the expectation here is that people should be able to pay for their loan. People should be able to pay for their schools. But not under Biden's America. Remember, it's all about grooming the American people to rely on government for everything. You know, I said before about this, you know, this is also indicative of the failure of the college system. This is a whole scam. This whole scam started 20, 30 years ago pushing these formal educations in these schools and then trying to create a narrative. Well, if you didn't get a formal education, you're ignorant. When we all know that that's not true, except for those people that were pushing that narrative. So what did we teach our kids during this period? Not how to be a good citizen, not how to pay your bills, not how to get a job. There's something wrong when somebody can go through our college system And not understand how to balance their checkbook. That's fundamental. That should be fundamental for anyone. That's just common sense. So are we sending our kids to college today to lose common sense? That's dangerous. So we pushed on them this whole thing. Oh, you know, go to school, take uh, basket weaving 101. You could be a master basket weaver. Or see these courses that uh, people are taking in college about certain singers take a course in certain singers. This is absolutely ridiculous. And this is what we have. This is what we have created by the Democratic Party. And this is what the Democratic Party wants. They want you dumb. And they want themselves at the top. And here we got Biden's $10,000 turkeys. And as I said before, Biden has no legal authority to do this. It's all about the politics. Now, what I want to do is I want to play a clip. It's about Nancy Pelosi saying that the president does not have the authority to waive student loan debt. So let me go to a clip. It's with uh, the famous Maria Bartiromo. And it's a clip from uh, Bartiromo's show. So let me just play this and uh, then we'll come back and discuss
1: Well, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi praising President Biden's, quote, historic $300 billion student loan bailout. But just last year, the California lawmaker had a different tune. She was singing a different tune, pointing out that the president doesn't actually have the power to pay off student debt. Watch this.
0: People think that the president of the United States has the power for debt forgiveness. He does not. He can postpone, he can delay, but he does not have that power. That would that has to be an act of Congress. So that's not even a discussion. They, not everybody realizes that, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive.
1: That was pretty significant, what Nancy Pelosi just said there a year ago. And you and I were talking about this just yesterday, when the Wall Street Journal came out with that op-ed and said the same thing. The president doesn't have the power. It's Congress's power. So why is he doing it?
0: So why is he doing it? Now, with Biden, you just don't know, because I don't think he has the capacity to really think anything through at this point. And he was never bright in the first place. But why is he doing it? Why is his administration doing it? Why are the people behind the scenes making Joe say this? And I just think it's a political miscalculation. Now this thing is headed for court. Uh, I'm sure you're going to see some court cases filed uh, saying exactly what Maria said and Pelosi said. President has no authority to do this. So now are the Democrats trying to package this in a way? Well, you know, coming into November, you have to make sure that you vote for the Democrats because they are going to waive $10,000 of your debt at least. If that's their Motive on this thing, I, I think they're it's 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 a stinker for them because I think more people for every college student that you may pick up, I think you're going to lose two or three voters because of this. Now I haven't seen polls on this thing, but I'm not sure this thing is going to poll well with most Americans, Democrat, Independent, and Re- Republican. Now they uh, the Democrats like uh, like everything else, they may have done their own internal focus groups, like they love to do, and their focus groups came back and said, oh, yes, let's do it. But I think they're wrong because they're just looking at a very, very narrow narrow constituency here. So I don't know what they're thinking, You know, because the funny thing is, is that take the vote, Nancy. Put something up there that will allow Biden to waive this. And Nancy's not going to do it because she won't get the votes. And the problem that she has is in all the swing states, she has now put Those Democrats in those swing states on the hook, they have to now decide where are you paying for these student loans? So I got a feeling this thing is going to backfire. The only thing that worries me though is that once it goes into the system, the court system, you're going to get some, you may get some left wing judge that says, well, let the loans be forgiven before this thing is litigated. And then we can always go back And collect the money from these students. And that could be really problematic. How are you ever going to collect a forgiven loan from somebody? That's the only thing that worries me. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's potential that some judge can do that. Because this thing is probably likely headed toward the Supreme Court. And you don't want some lower court judge saying, oh, just forgive the loans and then we'll figure it out later. And again, I don't think that's going to happen, but maybe the Democrats are hoping for that. Now, the other thing is, you know, the cost of this thing. I'm laughing because these fools in the White House, these economic advisors in the White House right now are fools. This thing's going to cost anywhere from $300 to $700 billion. And you've even got Obama officials, Obama economic advisors, saying, hey, this is a bad idea because we're in inflationary time. And to throw all this money back into the economy, because of the loan waiver, it's just going to add to inflation. Now, simply what what they're saying is that, remember I mentioned that, you know, a $10,000 loan over 10 years at 6% is $110 per month. Now, nine times out of 10, all of these millions of Americans are just going to throw that extra $100 a month into the economy, just causing higher inflation. And that's not good at this point. Biden people don't care. Because it's all about November's election. So with that said, let me go to a clip and it's and the clip is of Jason Furman. He's a former Obama economic advisor. And he doesn't like the idea of this. So let's go to this clip and then we'll come back and discuss. And this is a clip from CNBC.
1: Furman said pouring roughly half a trillion dollars of gasoline on the inflationary fire that's already burning is reckless.
0: Oh, no, but I've been critical of student loan debt relief um, for the last two years. But the plan came in, frankly, much worse than I expected. Um, It was supposed to be about $250 billion. I thought that was a bad idea. I expressed that. Instead, it's probably about $500 billion. And at this point in our economy, we really don't need to be adding $500 billion of deficit spending for a purpose that, frankly, you know, includes wealthy law students and business school graduates getting tens of thousands of dollars. Now additionally, uh, Furman also brings up, or he implies to, is that uh, this is all going to be paid for with deficit spending. And uh, the White House hasn't come out and uh, clearly said how this thing is going to be paid for, so we all have to assume that it is with deficit spending. Now, if this is to take place, if the free turkeys are to take place, This money is going to have to be borrowed. And what happens is is that the government is going to issue treasury bonds or notes. And it increases the supply of treasury bonds and notes that have to be sold. And uh, because of the laws of supply and demand, the more supply you have, everything the same, the less of a price something is going to cost. And because of the inverse relationship between prices and uh, interest rates, for bonds, you are going to have pressure put on interest rates. So with that said, we shall see, uh, again, uh, I'm not convinced the uh, Biden Turkey giveaway is going to prevail or the Democrats are going to prevail by using this as a political item. So again, we shall see. Okay, I want to talk about the primary that took place this week. and uh, in particular, I want to talk about Florida and New York. Uh, in Florida, There was really good news with school board elections. And I think it was 75% of school board candidates flipped from these left-wing nuts to conservative American candidates. And we're talking about liberal, formerly liberal school boards. Miami-Dade, Sarasota. These are liberal places, or at least liberal boards. And they flipped, so that's really good news. Now, what I want to talk about there's a lot of Republicans that are gnashing their teeth over uh, the special election in New York 19. And if there's anything that this shows us, is we should not take anything for granted. Um, Mark Molinaro, the Republican candidate, lost to the Democratic candidate Ryan in a special election because the previous Democrat had left to join uh, uh, Cuomo's. Uh, administration at the time. I forgot the name of the uh, uh, house rep, but it's irrelevant at this point. But uh, the relevant point is that they had a special election and many people thought that the Republican was going to win, but uh, the Democrat won in this case. Now, one thing you have to realize is that there was very low turnout on this. And what happened is I I think if there's anything that the Republicans are going to have to uh, understand is that you got to get your vote out. You got to get enthused. The Democrats were enthused over this. I think this is partly uh, as a result of the Dobbs case. I think uh, there was a lot of motivated uh, uh, far-left people that uh, came out and voted on this. And you know when there's a low uh, voter turnout, uh, those that are more more motivated are going to win. And let that be a warning to the Republican Party, uh, particularly in these uh, blue states or purple states states. And uh, you got to get your vote out and don't run away from Donald Trump. If there's anyone that can motivate the Republican base, it's Donald Trump. And I don't think that there was a lot of Donald Trump involvement in New York 19. Now, if you're not going to want Donald Trump and you're a Republican, you've got to show what you stand for in order to win. Because it's not enough just not to be not a Democrat and not a Trump person. That's not enough. You're not going to win. Now, I'm in New Jersey here, and I'm volunteering for a, a congressional candidate in northern New Jersey. And it's an area that has swung from Republican to uh, Democrat, and right now it's uh, been held by uh, a Democrat over the last two elections. And uh, what I find interesting is that if it continues, if what I see in this campaign for the Republican continues, he's going to lose. There is no message They seem to be running away from Trump. And to me, it raises red flags because you've got a lot of RNC people there. And do all these RNC people just want to, you know, play things out? Really, it doesn't matter whether they win or lose. It's all about whether they personally get another job after this. And that's what concerns me. You know, for example, I, you know, uh, somebody walked in. Uh, with a campaign piece by the opposition and it essentially said that the uh, Republican candidate was wanted to ban all abortions. No abortions at all. And quite frankly, I, I don't know where he stands on this. And that's one problem. The second problem is, why doesn't he come back and hit her saying that you want late-term abortions? Why have they not done that? They have no message. They have no organization. Now, quite frankly, the people that I met is one good person, but the other people just seem to be totally disorganized. And they have to get their so- themselves together. And I think the only way they get themselves together is by embracing Donald Trump. Because you're not going to win by not being a not Donald Trump and a not Democrat. That's not a strategy. So that's all I can say about Republicans, particularly in the Northeast, in these blue states. If you're going to fight, fight. Don't go through the motions. Embrace Trump. And if you're not going to embrace Trump, tell us what you're about. Because when you're not doing this, you're just there. And you're not going to win by just being there. So we shall see. Okay, so the redacted affidavit came out regarding Mar-a-Lago. And it really doesn't tell us much at this point. I've read some of it. I've looked at some analysis on it. And essentially what it still tells us uh, is that this is just an argument between Donald Trump and the administrative state over some documents. And what I find disheartening or disturbing is that Look at what they did. Look at what the federal government, look at what the FBI did over a document dispute. They raided a former president's house. That's unprecedented. And you put this into context with Hillary Clinton when she was Secretary of State and the emails that were on her server and the whole negotiated uh, settlement they had with them and what they were going to get, what they weren't going to get. I didn't see... uh, FBI raided Clinton's house. No, they were treated with kid gloves. The other thing we know now is that, and I've said that in my last episode, White House knew about this, and the White House was probably involved with coordinating this. And you think about it, how foreign countries are looking at us right now. We're a third world country where sitting presidents try to prosecute ex-presidents Or when sitting presidents try to prosecute potential opposition. And that's where we are today with this Biden administration, this FBI, this administrative state. And us as Americans, we cannot put up with this. And I don't care if you're on the fence with Donald Trump. If you're not with Donald Trump over this, you're on the side of the administrative state here. Is that what you want? Because you're next. If they can do this to a former president of the United States, this administrative state can do anything to you. And remember, you don't have the resources of Donald Trump. You make it much easier for them to come after you. So this thing is going to play out. And as I've, as I've always said, this is just going to play out in the courts. The FBI and the Department of Justice are going to leak To the uh, media, the media is going to do their own conspiracy theories on this in an attempt to hurt Donald Trump. Now, it's not working. I think polls came out, has had no effect on Donald Trump. Actually, slightly helps Donald Trump. But this is not going to end. And uh, Donald Trump is going to put up a fight and he will win. I guess it's just another chink in the armor for the administrative state. And just remember, your days are coming. Because you are going to be reimagined. I like that word, reimagined. We're going to reimagine the Department of Justice and the administrative state. I'm looking forward to it. So we shall see. Now, I just want to show you another clip. And it has to do with um, how conniving the FBI is and how the FBI injected itself into the 2020 election. And this is just an example of how The FBI conspired with Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, many other platforms to hurt Donald Trump. And it has to do with Zuckerberg's making an excuse about uh, why they suppressed the information about the Hunter Laptop and zuckerberg is saying that oh well uh you know the fbi came to us and uh they told us that there was going to be a massive uh, russia russian misinformation dump and i just want to let you know that this is coming so let me just play this clip and then we'll come back and discuss
1: how do you guys handle things when they're a, a big news item that's controversial like there was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New York yeah, Post, we had that too. yeah. So you guys censored that as well. So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically the background here is the FBI. I think basically came to us. Some some folks on our team. It was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the we we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have. It on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of of, um, uh, – that's similar to
0: that. So just be vigilant. So here's the FBI. They already have possession of the Hunter Biden laptop. They've certainly analyzed it. They probably coordinate with those uh, CIA ghouls about the misinformation letter. Remember the letter that came out from all those ex-CIA agents and CIA directors saying, oh, it's Russian – misinformation. So they likely coordinated that with the CIA. And then they reached out to the Zuckerbergs of the world, to the Twitters of the world, said, hey, you know, this article that's coming out by the New York Post, it's probably misinformation. Is this really a free country when you have the FBI doing this? When the FBI reaching out and coordinating its own misinformation about a presidential candidate? What kind of country is this? What kind of bureau is this? What kind of bureau has this FBI become? And this is why it has to be changed. Now, additionally, I want to uh, play another clip. And, you know, Zuckerberg's funny. He, he, He offers up the FBI. He throws the FBI under the bus. But he didn't need that help. He's just using them as an excuse. He was no fan of Donald Trump. He was just looking for the lamest of excuses not to help Donald Trump. And then he's trying to compare himself to Twitter, saying, well, you know, Twitter was a complete ban, and our algorithm just suppressed it. You know, maybe one person out of a thousand got it, or one person out of a million got it. But we weren't as bad as Twitter. Well, listen, any suppression of information is suppression. Whether it's one per thousand or one per million, it's suppression. So don't compare yourself to Twitter. You suppress this information on your own. So let me just play that clip real quick.
1: So our protocol is different from Twitter's. What Twitter did is they said you can't share this at all. Um, we didn't do that. What, w- what we do is we have um, – if something is reported to us as potentially um, misinformation, important misinformation, we, we also have this third-party fact-checking program because we don't want to be de-
0: – Okay, I just had enough. I had to cut this guy off. Now, to put this into context, remember, Zuckerberg and one of his organizations had pumped money into heavily Democratic areas in order to put these drop boxes in these heavily Democratic areas to make it much easier to cheat or to benefit the Democrats. And also, just a note, at least in one state, I think it was the Wisconsin Supreme Court, has already decided that these drop boxes are illegal. They're unconstitutional, according to the Wisconsin law. So I don't want to hear from Zuckerberg saying, oh, you know, we we weren't as bad as Twitter. You were as bad as Twitter. Any suppression of information like this is bad. And you got a lot of gall. Oh, you know, the FBI came to us. Oh, we weren't as bad as Twitter. I don't want to hear that. We see through it. Your actions speak louder than your words. And your actions are that your organization put a ton of money to help the Democratic Party in the Joe Biden election. That's clear. So I don't want to hear anything else from Zuckerberg. So Anthony Fauci announced his retirement. Well, there's a shocker. All this tells me is that this whole game he's been trying to play about, oh, leave me alone, leave me alone. I'm going to be retiring soon. Wasn't working. And again, in one of my previous episodes, and I've dealt with this, is that when you've got somebody that's close to retirement that has a a personnel issue and uh, is problematic, the first thing they say is, oh, just leave me alone. I'll be retiring soon. Just leave me alone. And Fauci tried that. And I don't think it worked because I think behind the scenes, he was slowly falling out of favor with the White House, the Biden White House. So he's like, oops, I'm not going to get any help here anymore. And so he announced his retirement effective uh, January 1st, 2023. And uh, he sees, he, he, look, he sees the writing on the wall. All these bureaucrats, and I've said this in the past, all these bureaucrats in Washington, one thing they do is they understand the politics and their political hacks. They're, they're mini-me political hacks. That's where they're able to survive for so long. So Fauci sees this, and he he figures that well, if they have the investigation, he, fa- he and if he's falling out of favor from the Biden administration, he may not get the kind of protection from the administration that he wants. So he thinks maybe he'll fare better by retiring and representing himself in these administration with his own attorney. So we shall see, because there is going to be an investigation, and this man that has misled lied, put his own ego above the American people, he's got his day coming. So the California Air Resource Board has banned gas vehicles by 2035. And that's at the direction of Governor Gavin Newsom. Imagine that in 2035, it's going to be really hard for a California to buy a gas-powered vehicle. I'm assuming they may be able to go out of state and bring it in, but nothing could be sold in California. But you'll be able to buy a $70,000, $80,000 electric vehicle. How's that? How's that for the guy making $70,000 with three kids? But that's what they want. That's what these globalists want. That's what Gavin Newsom wants. They want you to not fulfill your dreams as an American, as a person. They want you to be beholden to the state. And they want you to have less. They want to force you into high-priced electricity, high taxes, High energy costs, high costs of living, only to have you dependent on the government. They want you to have less. So you have less expectations out of life. So they can give you less. That's what these globalists want. I forgot who said it first. These people from the World Economic Forum. I think it was Klaus Schwab that actually said it. You will own nothing and you will like it. That's what they want. Except for them. And with that said, that coincides with this is another globalist. I I just want to play a quick clip from uh, Macron, the president of France, just along these lines. This is what he's telling the French people right now. So let's go to this clip, and then we'll come back and discuss. What we are living through is a time of great upheaval. Firstly, because we are witnessing, and not just since this summer, but over the past few years, the end of what we might have seen as abundance. And for those who enjoyed it, it is also the end of a carefree time. Our freedom, the liberty to which we have grown accustomed to in our lives, has a price, and sometimes when we have to defend it, we have to make certain sacrifices as we fight to defend it. And Macron would lead you to believe that, oh, this is because of uh, Russia. No, it's because of all the decisions that the globalists have made over the past few years. Whether it's the vaccine fiasco, whether it's the lockdowns, whether it's the contrived increasing of gas prices, this is what they're doing to you. This isn't because of, of outside forces. You are to expect less because of what they're doing. And the people of France shouldn't accept it. People of the United States should not accept it. This is all contrived by these globalists. Perfect example, look here in Biden. Biden is intentionally driving up the cost of oil and natural gas too. Here's the funny thing, and here's the ironic thing. Most electrical plants in the United States are generated with nat- by natural gas. And the cost of natural gas is going up tremendously. And this cost is going to pass through into our electric prices, our electricity prices. So those people with these electric cars, I think they got a good deal, at least on the transportation side of it. Where do these electric prices start kicking in? When? Wait till the, the natural gas prices flows into our electricity prices. And that's coming. See what happens then. So here in the United States, we're getting hit on every end. Unnaturally high oil prices, unnaturally high gas prices, unnaturally high natural gas prices. And it's all because of the decisions that our governments have been making. So just remember that. Don't listen to Macron. This is not by outside sources. This is by globalist decisions. And I want to read you a related article. It's from uh, Bloomberg. And the headlines say, More Americans than ever can't afford to pay their electric bill. With more people owing more money, utility companies are getting more aggressive about shutoffs. And it says here, uh, U.S. electric prices surging, and more people than ever are struggling to pay the power company. More than 20 million American households have fallen behind on their utility bill. About one of every six homes. And the amount they owe has doubled since before the pandemic. Now, think about that. And this is only going to get worse. You know, I think about that $10,000, those $10,000 turkeys that Biden is handing out, how it could be better spent. And if you're going to hand out things to people, maybe helping somebody with their utility bill would be a little better use of money than bailing out a couple making $250,000 a year. Just saying. Additionally, there's another quick article I want to touch base on. It's uh, from the New York Post. And it says here, Liberal elites pressured Pfizer to delay vaccines until after the 2020 election. And it says here, Nate Silver claimed that liberal public health elites pressured Pfizer to delay fast-track approval of its COVID-19 vaccine until after the 2020 presidential election, thus denying then-President Trump a political win before voters headed to the polls. The number-crunching data journalist reacted to an article by Politico that cited a House report that claimed the Trump administration sought to expedite approvals for both vaccines and unproven treatments for COVID-19. And I thought it was funny when I I remember reading that. And I remember reading that it was several days after the election that they announced that the uh, vaccines were ready. And I knew it was political back then. Now it's just opening up right now. People are realizing it. This is, this is the administrative state at work, and they all targeted Donald Trump, and they'll all target you and me. But that's what we have, and that's what we're fighting, and we will win. Okay, let's take a quick look at the markets today, and it was a bad day on Wall Street today. From the Jackson Hole Summit today, Jerome Powell, the Fed Chairman, said that he plans to attack inflation. And higher rates will persist for some time. And the markets did not take kindly to it. The Dow was down 1,008.38 points to 32,283.40. That was a 3.3% loss. The S&P was down 3.37 today to 4,057.66. And the NASDAQ was down 3.94 to 12,141. For the week, the Dow was down 4.2%, the S&P was down 4%, and NASDAQ was down 4.4%. Year-to-date, the Dow is down 11.16%, the S&P is down 14.87%, and the NASDAQ is down 22.39%. The 10-year bond was up one basis point today to 3.032%, while the two-year bond Traded at 3.382%. And again, just a reminder, that is an inverted yield curve, which indicates a recession. Oil futures. $92.97 per barrel. Gold futures are at $1,750.80. While silver futures are at $18.75. Bitcoin. Right now, it is 7.30 p.m. on August 26, 2022. And Bitcoin is trading at $20,301.27. Ethereum is trading at $1,514.48. And XRP is trading at $0.33. Okay, let's take a look at next week's economic calendar. And uh, what we have on Tuesday at 9 a.m., we have the Case-Shiller U.S. Home Price Index. Now, I talk about housing a lot, and I've often recommended that if you're a first-time home buyer, you sit and wait before you buy a home, because prices will go down. And one of the reasons I believe this is I believe that the Fed is targeting home prices. The reason he's targeting home prices is that this is a good way to get inflation down without having much of an impact on GDP. Now, housing costs and housing prices make up a significant amount of inflation, whereas they have less of an impact on GDP. So it's a good target for the Fed to pursue, and I do think he will be successful at this. Shocking, huh? I said the Fed was successful at something or going to be successful at something because they haven't been very successful over the past 10 or 20 years. So we have Case Schiller on Tuesday. At 10 a.m. on Tuesday, we have the Consumer Confidence Index. We have job openings and job quits. Then on Wednesday, we have the ADP employment report. We have Chicago manufacturing PMI. And then on Thursday, we have our jobless claims, continuing jobless claims, productivity revision, unit labor costs, ISM manufacturing, key thing, construction spending, 10 a.m. on Thursday. And then on Friday, we have non-farm payrolls, the unemployment rate, average hourly earnings, the labor force participation rate, factory orders, and core capital equipment orders. And with that said, you have a good week. Take a look at these items on the calendar, and I will talk to you next Saturday. Take care.